Let's bring in our ESPN MLB insider, Buster Ole, to fill us in on what we may have missed with regards to one, James Click. Good morning, Buster. How are you? I'm doing great down here in Fort Myers, getting ready for a broadcast tomorrow. Ah, oh, Fort Myers. Big snowfall here yesterday, Buster, and Friday apparently another one coming, so uh, we are very envious of your current position. And I wonder if there are some around Major League Baseball who are envious of the Toronto Blue Jays who added James Click as the vice president of baseball strategy. Now, if you don't know the name James Click, he was the GM for the Houston Astros where he led the team to a World Series in 2022. And then there was some financial debate about his next contract, and he left the team, and now he's with the Jays. How did this all play out, and what do you think the ramifications are for Toronto, Buster? Yeah, sometime in the next month, he's uh, presumably in the next month, he's going to be getting a championship ring that'll be gaudy and and sparkly and uh, for what they did, and yet he was ostensibly fired by the Astros. Uh, because it was an oil and oil and water mix, I think, between he and the owner, Jim Crane, who in the summer of 2021, you know, folks with other teams are telling me that he was complaining uh, about James Click, that he felt like, he, you know, he wasn't as aggressive as he thought. He wasn't looking, you know, for edges in the way that, uh, that Jim wanted. And James Click is someone who's highly respected within the industry. You know, worked with the Tampa Bay Rays before he went to Houston, Folks with other teams were surprised that the Astros were down on him because they think that he's good at his job. You know, the best example of the sort of the oil and water mix uh, between he and Jim Crane last year was when uh, James arranged, uh, you know, a a deal that would have brought the Astros Wilson Contreras, the all-star catcher. And and they, uh, you know, I think Dusty Baker, the manager, Jim Crane, the owner, felt like, no, you know what, we'd rather go with Martin Maldonado. So they just never really worked it out, and I think the, the Blue Jays are going to benefit from getting someone who's really talented, really smart, and probably, in terms of how he does his work, fits in better with uh, you know Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, than, uh, than he did with the Astros. Well, this is not the first time that the Blue Jays have brought in a former GM. We think of Ben Sherrington, who the Jays brought in to work in a similar role to Click, and now he's the GM out in Pittsburgh. Do you think that there's any part of this move for Click, Buster, that might put a little bit of a pressure on Ross Atkins? You know, my guess is no. Uh, And I just knowing the relationship between Mark and Ross, you know, this is not a situation where, you know, Ross is someone who's brought in from the outside. I mean, he and Mark have been tied at the hip for years, and the Blue Jays have progressed. And, you know, I mean, with as with every organization, every front office person, you know, there always comes a time when they part ways. It doesn't feel like that uh, necessarily they're close. I just think this is a case of Mark, who so much respects, uh, you know, smart people and talent looking at you know a guy like James Click being available and say, look, we'll grab him. We're, we're, we as an organization are better if we bring in a smart guy who's uh, you know, going to help us evaluate players and evaluate opportunities. We're in conversation with ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney here on First Up. We did see Ricky Tiedemann make his debut yesterday, one of the Blue Jays' top prospects. And considering the move they made for Varsho, where they traded out Gabby Moreno, Tiedemann's maybe the Blue Jays' top prospect, depending on who you ask. Maybe it's Arelvis Martinez, but I think Tiedemann's clearly at the top of the list. What type of impact do you think he could have perhaps as early as this season? And what do you think his long-term ceiling is, Buster? 
Yeah, and I, you know, I haven't dug into with with rival evaluators. Haven't dug into the you know questions about you know what they see in him. But I, I know that he is is highly regarded. And I'd say this, you know, when it comes to teams in, in terms of promoting young players, they're more aggressive than ever. <laughs> you know, it it yeah. always felt like you know in the past that you would see teams basically. Uh, you know, assign guys, young guys, 19, 20, 21 year olds, um, you know, to the minors and feel like you got to get four or five years down there. You got, you know, X number of plate appearances, uh, you know, innings in the minors. And now <laughs> it's incredible. Like teams are so open to the idea of having young players promoted almost right away because they feel like they're more polished, they're more prepared, maybe because the access to information that they have in this day and age. But I, you know, next week I'll have more for you on him. Buster, uh, as we embark on a new season in, in Major League Baseball, there's a lot of rules that these players are experimenting with, getting used to stuff. What's been the reception or at least the feedback on how the new rules have, you know, played a part so far? I mean, I think a positive is I'm seeing a lot of conversation around shorter games uh you know time frame wise and i think that's a positive but what are some of the other things you're hearing when it regards to feedback from that so this the conversation around the new rules reminds me a lot of the steroid testing conversation in the early 2000s where at that time you know when you the the union stance public stance the leadership was always like players will never agree to testing it'll never happen privacy rights and then you'd go and speak to the individual players at the, you know, in the clubhouses, and they would be like, yeah, we want testing. <laughs> and it was a private poll of players at that time. 80% said they want testing, and eventually there was a change. Last summer, you know, the, the leadership of the union voted unanimously against these rule changes. And this spring, when you go and talk to individual players, they love it. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt, the MVP for the you know, Cardinals, uh, told me the other day, you know, it's something that he's he uh, he really enjoys the pace. Um, Carlos Correa, you know, twins uh, told me he really feels like it's going to be a plus, you know, through clubhouses. That's what I keep hearing. You know, Boog Shambi is my colleague at ESPN. Um, you know, I asked him that question yesterday. What percentage of players do you think like it? And he said 80 percent. And I wow. tell you this. In terms of people in front offices, you know, it's a hundred percent. They love it because you know they created this monster, this slowdown uh, analytical beast, where you know they, all these pitching changes, all the focus, the defensive shifts, and the whole time, you know, guys like Theo Epstein are recognizing they were destroying the game that they loved growing up that could be played in two hours and thirty-five, two hours and forty minutes, and so what they're getting back to. I think folks in front offices, people at Major League Baseball, they love it. And there's no doubt, you know, we had a game on TV on Monday. The pace was dramatically different. Like, you could feel the action, hits going through the infield now that you get the defensive shift reaction. So a lot of positive feedback early on. Yeah, and there's videos that have been posted online of like a side-by-side videos of an entire half inning against a pitcher throwing one pitch in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. And that, that just goes to show the potential. Maybe the only people who don't like these shortened games are the maybe the concession stand people who try to make as much money as possible selling beer. And maybe the games are going to go by a little too quickly now uh, for them to sell as much beer as possible. We're in conversation with ESPN's uh, MLB insider Buster. You've something to say on Buster only. You've something to say on the uh, beer idea there, Buster? 
Oh, well, look, uh, I, you know, there's there's no <laughs> doubt, you know, that the, the concessionaires are probably the one people voting against this because, let's face it, you know, the games are still going to be nine innings. There's still going to be 54 outs in theory. What's being cut out is essentially, if you think of a sirloin steak, you're cutting out 20 percent of fat. 25 or 30, you know, 30 minutes, uh, you know, from each game. And, and it is interesting to, to hear the conversations that it spurred in, in, uh, in clubhouses and among managers about how to find advantages within the new rules. For example, Max Scherzer, you know, saying the other day that if the hitter calls his one timeout early in the plate appearance after that, Max, like, he's dead. <laughs> like, I have him in terms of being able to, in terms of being able to hold the ball, quick pitch, you know, the pitcher, uh, pitchers are feeling like these rules could work for their favor as opposed to the defensive shift rules, which will help the hitters. And the other day, I mean, think about this conversation. You know, we're talking with Buck Showalter, the Mets manager, who obviously uh, is a really smart guy, and he's talking about bat boy efficiency, how it's really important these days to have bat boys who can run out <laughs> and grab the equipment from the players and then run back. And he said, you know, wow. we might have to travel our own bat boys this year. I mean, imagine <laughs> a bat boy combine. You know, you get the bat boys That's doing unreal. 4.4. That's <laughs> a new world. It's a new world. Uh, in That's you getting baseball. paid to be a bat boy? <laughs> oh, my God. Travel well, and the, the way team? Buck described it was great. The way Buck described it was great. He goes, you know, a lot of these bat boys, it's like the, the grandson of the, sec- of the minority owner, right, who gets yeah. put in that place. He goes, we can't have that anymore. We got to have was... the bat boy. He's actually really good at his job. Yeah, wasn't it Dusty Baker's kid all those years ago in San Francisco that almost got uh, <laughs> run over? And man, I don't know. Not only Dusty Baker's kid's going to be—I uh, guess he's now a grown man. I think he's like a baseball player. But uh, it's funny how every little inefficiency. Uh, is being scrutinized a little bit more closely with all these new rules in Major League Baseball. As always, Buster, uh, you're the man. We appreciate your time, and we'll chat with you next week. Okay, guys. Thanks. Bye. ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney.